It's time now for Spears on Sports with John Spears, presented by M&M Carnage. And now, here's Johnny. Ah, happy to be back. Welcome in Spears on Sports, presented by M&M Carnage. John Spears in studio. Excuse the voice. It's the I'm recovering from vacation voice. Welcome to the show, Monday, March 23rd. May 23rd, I don't even know what month it is. (laughs) Monday, May 23rd, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. Eminem Cartage hotline is open, 502-384-1450 to join in on the conversation, 384-1450. The Thornton's text line open as well, as always, 414-1450. Don't forget Thornton's, it's the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee, delicious donuts, Visit our friends at Thornton's and hit me up on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. Got a lot to talk about. I missed a lot. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I missed a lot. I know that Trace Jackson Davis will be in Indiana Hoosier next season again. I know that uh, Justin Thomas won the PGA Championship yesterday, local boy makes good again, his second major, second PGA title. I know that Jimbo Fisher and Nick Saban and Deion Sanders are having a few issues with each other. I know the Reds lost a game in which they no-hit the other team while I was gone. And I did follow the NBA playoffs while in Miramar Beach in Sandestin, Florida. All that. But I was off Twitter most of the week. I did get a message saying, uh, hey, uh, I think somebody bashed you on Twitter. So I I had to get on my phone in Florida. I went and found it. They they weren't bashing me. They were bashing somebody else. So not that I care. If you want to bash me on Twitter, go right ahead. I feel like I have thick skin. It's better than bashing somebody else. But I was off the grid last week. A lot lot of days on the beach, beautiful weather all week long. Golfed on Monday last week at uh, Kelly's Plantation in Destin. Time with the wife. We had uh, a few other couples with us. Total of, I think, 11 people. And just had a fantastic time. So I'm, I'm not... I'm I'm rolling in here today, I wouldn't say unprepared, because I did do a little research last night. I watched the Warriors and the Mavs. I watched round four, most of round four after the surprise birthday party yesterday. I got to see the last, oh, I don't know, 13 or so holes of Justin Thomas and Mito Pereira blowing the the, uh, lead at 18. So I did a little research, but for the most part, I was off the grid last week. I wasn't following baseball. I was checking in on the NBA playoffs, but not really committed. It's hard. It is very difficult when you are on the beach, you rented the chairs, you rented the umbrella, the wife is there with you, you got your music going, you got your adult beverages flowing. Uh, It's 7 o'clock at night. The sun is going down on the beach. You're just getting ready to head back to the room, get some dinner delivered in, maybe some pizza, maybe you uh, you run out, have somebody run out, somebody sober run out, get some burgers. 
And the furthest thing from my mind was the sporting world. But here we are. Here we are. I'm happy to be back. I'm ready. I'm committed. Got a lot to talk about. Justin Thomas yesterday came from seven back to win his second PGA championship. At one point during yesterday's round on uh, DraftKings, Justin Thomas, you could have gotten it 250 to one to win that tournament. Now, I'm not sure if this was more about Justin Thomas winning the tournament or more about Mito Pereira losing the tournament. The Chilean, a word I love to use, the Chilean was nine under heading into the round. He finished four under. Needless to say, he didn't play well all day. But the meltdown on 18 is what everybody's talking about. And when he hit the shot, now normally, and I love this feature when I'm watching golf, the tracker of the ball, the red line that leaves the tee, goes into the air, and you see what at least what direction the ball is heading. You can normally say it's going right, it's going left, it's down the middle, Nice tee shot. That looks like it could be trouble. You you get a feel for where the ball's going to land. Mito Pereira's shot was so quick, tee shot on 18, that there was no tracker. There was no way to tell other than Pereira started walking left and looking right as if to say, uh-oh, I didn't hit that where I wanted to hit it. And he got bashed. He's getting bashed the same way John Vandeveld got bashed in 1999 at the British Open when he imploded on 18 and allowed Paul Laurie to win the Open Championship. Same bashing. He took a six on a par four. A par wins him the tournament. A bogey gets him into a playoff with Justin Thomas and Will Zalatoris. He double bogey. Not only did he hit the ball in the water on 18, after his third shot, his drop and then his third shot was left to the green, he needed to get up and down for a bogey to ensure the playoff, that he was in the playoff. So the fourth shot, to me, was worse than the tee shot. Yes, the tee shot went in the water, but the fourth shot and I, I thought the broadcasters did a great job. Nick Faldo, I think, said he didn't walk all the way around to the back of the hole here. He needs to go around to the back of the hole and see what this ball will do if it goes past the hole. Well, ultimately, his chip went past the hole, and it just kept going off the green, probably five feet off the green, maybe maybe even a, few, a little bit more. And it was spot-on analysis from Nick Faldo. Now, Dottie Pepper, who was on the course, said in his defense, he didn't go around and look at the back of the hole all day long. That's just not what he does. He's focused on his shot. I'm going to hit the hole. I don't care where it's going to go after it goes past the hole because I'm not going to hit it that far past the hole. Well, this time he did. His comeback putt, not close, didn't even get close to the hole. He was lucky to make a six. He had to make about a six-footer to get a six. 
and finished tied for third. But the tee shot, when we go back to the tee shot, he was so quick. It looked like he, from just the television coverage, he ran to the tee box, put the ball down, and hit it as fast as he could like he was on a timer. And that's the pressure for a guy that has never been in this situation. He's young. In fact, all of these guys on the leaderboard were young. All these guys that had a chance with, you know, four holes to play, they're all young. Even Justin Thomas is young. Justin Thomas felt like the old guy yesterday because he was the most experienced. He's got a major under his belt. He had 14 wins on the PGA Tour coming into that final round yesterday. He was the veteran. I remember when he was the kid, right? He and Jordan Spieth were playing in junior tournaments together. That was not that long ago. But Mito Pereira implodes, and that maybe is the bigger story. He went from $2.7 million winner, if he had part 18, to an $870,000 check. Now, that's not chump change, but you lost nearly $2 million with the decision to use driver on 18. Why did he use driver on 18? We go back to Saturday when he used driver on 18 and birdied 18, the hardest hole arguably on the course. A par is not an assumption at 18, right? You can hit a three-wood down the middle, and your second shot, if it's off the green a little bit, that is a that was a tough hole all week, a difficult pin position on Sunday. But Pereira had birdied it on Saturday by hitting driver. So the natural inclination is to say, I did it yesterday, I'll do it again today. The difference is Sunday pressure, 72nd hole pressure, is a lot different than 54th hole pressure. Justin Thomas, parred 18 yesterday, hit a great second shot 10 feet behind the hole, and when he missed the putt for birdie, you could tell he thought five under not going to be enough. Just not going to be enough. In fact, he said later he thought six, at the beginning of the day, if he could shoot a 66 to get the six under, that would give him an opportunity to maybe be in a playoff. He got the five under. You don't expect the leader of the tournament who shot 68, 64, 69, you don't expect him to shoot a 75 on Sunday. But it is major championship pressure for a guy who hadn't been there. And the names on this leaderboard, Will Zalatoris, Cameron Young. These are young guys. Abe Answer, Seamus Power. Rory McElroy shot a 68 yesterday. He did himself in with a 74 on Saturday. Matt Fitzpatrick, who was at the top, sort of imploded late in the round, shot a 73. Played poorly and, and bogeyed 17. 17 was a reachable par four. In fact, in the playoff, Justin Thomas hit his tee shot on 17 
onto the green. Matthew Fitzpatrick hit his into the water. The little creek that came right across the fairway and took a bogey five. Matthew Fitzpatrick has been in these situations a lot. He's never won a major, but he's been there. And you had Tommy Fleetwood shot a 67, round of the day, tied with Justin Thomas for a round of the day yesterday. He was great. Chris Kirk shot a 68 yesterday. So these are veteran guys. But all of these guys have one thing in common other than McElroy. They've never won a major. It matters. It matters. In the playoff, it mattered. Will Zalatoris, as good as he is, struggled with the putter a lot over the weekend. That's his, that's his bane. That's his, um, his Achilles heel. He's never been a really good putter. Now he's young. I mean, you look at Will Zalatoris. He's 25 years old. He's a baby. But this is his, I believe, fifth top ten finish in a major. He's been there. He hasn't crossed the bridge. He hasn't gotten the ring yet. Justin Thomas won the playoff because of experience. First playoff hole, hole 13, par 5. Justin Thomas hits it in the rough with uh, within feet of a tree, within a few feet of a tree. Zalatoris down the middle, on the green in two. On the green in two, two putts for a birdie. Normally, if you're Will Zalatoris, you do that, you go, okay, I'm in great shape. Justin hit his in the rough. He uh, lays up on his approach, but he hits a magical third shot within six feet. And when he made the putt, after Zalatoris had a kick-in eagle, or a kick-in birdie, when Justin Thomas made the six-foot birdie putt. That's when I said, this thing is over. Because Zalatoris should have won that hole and did not. And then Thomas hits his tee shot on 17 to par four. Reachable, obviously, puts it on the green 30 feet away. Zalatoris hits three wood, decides, you know what, I'm going to go Conservative here, and Justin Thomas birdies, Zalatoris pars, ball game. Ball game. Thomas pars 18, that's all he needed, ball game. And now he's got his second major. Tiger Woods withdrew on Sunday morning or Saturday night, I guess you could say, after he uh, he jacked up a 79 on Saturday. I give him credit. He play he's trying. He's trying. He looked worse yesterday than he did at the Masters. And I you know, you, you think okay, the leg's going to improve a little bit more. It's been a month since the Masters, his leg's going to get a, even just a little bit better. But he you could tell he was struggling. I give him credit for making the cut. 74-69. Um Three, uh, one under on sat on uh, Friday to get into the tournament, but that seventy nine on Saturday, man, that was hard to watch. I was glad he, you know what? I'm I'm glad he withdrew. I didn't want to turn on yesterday and watch Tiger shoot 
84, 83. And I want to see that. Um, and, you know, a day off the course here, maybe, maybe it helps him. He's still um, registered to play in the U.S. Open next month. He's registered to play in the Open Championship in July. So will he play? I don't know. He's 50 to 1 right now to win the U.S. Open. He's 50 to 1. The odds are out. John Rahm's a favorite. He, Tiger's 50 to 1. I bet on him to win the Masters. And he made the cut. He finished the the uh, the tournament. He didn't come close to winning. But it's one of those bets where my thought process is, if he does happen to win, I don't want to be left out of the uh, out of the winnings here. And when you can get Tiger Woods at 50, 60 to one, you know, it's ten dollars. What's ten dollars? Why not? I right, will take a break. Uh, this Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, I didn't, obviously I wasn't on the air last week, so I didn't get to chime in. I do want to talk about that a little bit. NBA playoffs last night, Golden State is, uh, in the driver's seat in the West to get to the finals, another NBA finals Celtics. They don't enjoy prosperity. That's for sure. Uh, A couple of guys going to be missing maybe tonight for the heat in game four there in Boston. We'll talk about that. And some baseball news as well. All that and more, you're listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X. Welcome back, Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio, trying to uh, shake off the rust here. First day back from vacation. Eminem Cartage hotline is open 384 1450. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, 502-384-1450. Thornton's text line open as well, 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. That's the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app. And hit me up on the Thornton's text line, 414-1450. Let's see. Early voting won the uh, Preakness while I was gone. I did not watch it. Was too busy uh, setting up for the surprise 80th birthday party for my mother-in-law, but I saw the replay. Very impressive. Epicenter second for the uh, second Triple Crown race in a row. Belmont three weeks away now, so look forward to that. And you know, Pimlico, Preakness, they had to be upset that Rich Strike did not run. He will run allegedly in the uh, in the Belmont, but it just took the luster off the race. It completely undermines that that race. Nobody cared. Nobody cared. Anybody betting on horse racing, they cared. Everybody else, there was no reason to watch. I did not miss it at all. Good talk a little NBA. By the way, Orlando Magic, while I was on vacation, got the uh they won the uh the lottery, the draft lottery, NBA draft lottery. They'll have the first pick. Uh who do you take? Who do you take? Paolo Banchero from uh, Duke, Chet Holmgren from Gonzaga, Jabari Smith from Auburn. These seem to be the three guys. I wish there, if you're Orlando, you wish there was one guy, right? You wish there was a Zion. You say, okay, we know who we're going to take. But you got three guys out there. Chet Holmgren, in my opinion, is a wild card. I have no idea what I'm going to get out of the next level 
at the next level out of Chet Holmgren. Great college player for one year. Fun to watch. Shooter, can shoot from the outside. Seven feet, I don't know, seven, seven. I don't know how tall he is. Huge. Weighs, uh, you know, less than a stick of gum. Good rebounder, good passer. Does his game translate to the NBA? The safe bet is Jabari Smith, I think. He's a very skilled player with size. Not too much size, which Holmgren might have. But very smooth, can shoot, can play inside, can play outside. I think he's the safe bet. Chet Holmgren is a wild card bet. He's going to have to show, if I'm the Magic, he's going to have to overwhelm me at workouts. He's going to have to overwhelm me. But plenty of time to talk about that. We'll get to the NBA. By the way, are you tired of buying expensive sunglasses? Only to lose or break them, or worse, you never even wear them because you don't want them to get dirty? Let me tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is an independent American-owned company started right here. Well, right there, I guess. I'm in Indiana. In the state of Kentucky. They are changing the way you wear sunglasses outdoors. Shady Rays sunglasses offer an industry-best combination of fit, style, performance, without the big brand price tag. It doesn't stop at the quality. Shady Rays offers the most insane warranty in all of eyewear. Every pair, every pair is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair of Shady Rays, even on day one, they will send you a brand new pair. Wear with confidence wherever and whenever you're doing things. Wear them with confidence. You break them, we give you a new pair. That simple. That simple. You can't go wrong with these uh, for the summer. And the summer is right here, man. It is right here. I Look, they have sponsored St. X Basketball. So I've got three pairs. I, in fact, I got my wife a pair. They're, they're fantastic. They are fantastic. Durable. They have a great fit, great look. Um, by the way, the Shady Rays guys, Danny Ratterman and those guys, they also provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order. They have donated over 20 million meals to date. Look good in your shades. Feel good. You're making an impact. If you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. No risk when you shop. ShadyRays.com and an exclusive for our listeners, Shady Rays is offering 25% off so you can try them out, see what they're all about. Use code BIGX at checkout for 25% off all adult shades. I love mine. And, I, you know, if, if they weren't a new sponsor, and they are, look, I'm not going through that spiel there. If they're not a new sponsor, they are. But I will tell you this. I would talk about Shady Rays without being prompted to by the boss, without being told to. Because, man, I've got one in my car, one in my wife's car, a pair in my wife's car, and another pair at home. And I swear by them. I swear by them. So there you go. Shady Rays. We'll be, I'll be talking about them every day for the next, oh, I don't know how long, a couple of weeks. Um, little promotional deal there. ShadyRays.com. Use the, use the checkout. At checkout, use the code BIGX. 25% off. 
And uh, I was at the lake. I had a buddy of mine at uh, at Nolan. And, you know, you ever done this? You jump in the water from the boat. Maybe you've had a, you know, maybe you've had a few too many to drink. And your sunglasses, they're gone. And they come off your head when you hit the water and you're not getting them back. You're, that is a good enough reason to get Shady Rays. Because you know what? You get a new pair. Now, you don't get a new pair the third time. The third time, you know, come on. I can't. I, I'm not allowed to get online every week with my code and say, hey, I lost my glasses. Give me a new pair. But you lose them, break them, misplace them, uh, crack them, anything. Get a new pair free, free of charge. All right. NBA last night, Golden State put uh, Dallas on the ropes, 109-100. Did you see, I guess, what we would call the dunk of the playoffs so far? Did you see the dunk of the playoffs? Aaron Wiggins went up and just over Luka, by the way, annihilated him. It was uh, He should have been arrested for murder. It was incredible. Incredible. Twenty-seven and eleven for Wiggins last night. Now, here's the problem that Dallas has, and I said this when the playoffs began. I said this when the playoffs began. They don't have an Andrew Wiggins. They don't have a Jalen Brown. Right? They don't have a Bam Adebayo. We know the best player on the Golden State Warriors is Steph Curry. But he's got a Clay Thompson. He's got a Draymond Green. He's got an Andrew Wiggins. We know the best player on the on the uh, Boston Celtics is Jason Tatum. But he's got a Jalen Brown, and he's got a Marcus Smart, and he's got an Al Horford. We know the best player on the Heat is Jimmy Butler. But he's got a Bam Adebayo. He's got a P.J. Tucker. He's got a Tyler Hero. The best player on Dallas is Luka Doncic. That's it. That's it. Jalen Brunson was great when Luka was hurt at the beginning of the playoff run here for Dallas. He was great. But he's an ancillary player. He is not a guy that you worry about. Luka Doncic had 40 points again last night for Dallas. He scored 40 points three times in the playoffs so far. The Mavericks are 0-3 in those games. They're 0-3. Can you name the starting lineup for the Dallas Mavericks past Luka Doncic, Jalen Brunson? Brunson had 20 last night, by the way. It's not enough. Spencer Dinwiddie off the bench had 26 last night. It wasn't enough. That's 86 points out of those three guys. They scored 100. The other three starters for Dallas, Reggie Bullock, he was 0 for 10 and a goose egg. Dorian Finney-Smith, he had nine. And Dwight Powell, Stanford alum, who had three points, two rebounds in seven minutes. There is no supporting cast for Luka Doncic. And the Mavericks have proven in the playoffs they are a better team when Luka scores 30 than when Luka scores 40. 
Because when Lucas scores 40, and he had 11, 11 rebounds, by the way, there's a lot of guys standing around watching. That's what happens. They stand around and watch, which stops them from getting back quicker on defense because they're not moving around. And Golden State takes advantage. Uh, third quarter was the difference. One-point game at halftime. Warriors outscored the Mavericks by nine in the third quarter. They win it by nine. They still have a, They now have a 3-0 lead in the series. Uh, they'll play again tomorrow night in Dallas. Dallas is a one-point favorite tomorrow night. I'll wait to give you the winner tomorrow, but I have to feel like Golden State wants to get it over with. I feel like Golden, Golden State right now feels like they can just show up that, in, in that series. They can just show up. Show up, guard everybody except Luka. Don't double-team Luka. Don't let anybody else get involved. Maybe he gets 50. You're still, you still beat him. You still beat him. The other series is uh, much more intriguing. Game one, Miami, uh, Boston sort of dominated game one, still lost. Game one, Dallas, uh, uh, well, I got to get these series straight. Boston had the lead at halftime. Miami just embarrasses them in the third quarter. Celtics won three, three of the four quarters, but they got destroyed in the third quarter. Game two, sort of, I didn't call it a must win, but it was one that the Celtics kind of needed. There are no must wins until elimination games, let's be honest. But the Celtics needed game two. They came out. Marcus Smart played great. They played great. Miami was never in the game. Game three, felt like Boston was never in the game. At home. I really thought the Celtics were going to come home and bang, bang, just two quick wins against uh, against the Heat, take care of business, and that's it. Get up 3-1, going back to Miami. Nope, no, sir. In fact, Miami came out and bloodied the Celtics' nose yesterday or uh, two days ago. They bloodied them in the nose. And the Celtics punched back in the second half, but it was too late. 109-103 was the final. It was 39-18 Miami after the first quarter. I think they led 46-20 to at one point. Now, the Celtics, to their credit, they got back in the game, and with about, I don't know, three minutes, four minutes to go, I thought, they're going to pull this thing out. They're going to figure out a way to win this basketball game. They cut it to 93-89 with uh, just over four minutes to go. They cut it to 93-92 with 2.40 to go. And I thought, man, they're going to they're gonna win this game. But Strews hit a three. That's another guy you don't think about. But, you know, Luka Doncic, Dallas would be a lot better if he had a Max Strews to go with him. He doesn't. Strews hit a three. Bam hit a bucket. Uh, that was it. It was a 7-0 run there for the uh, for the Heat when they when the Celtics cut it to one. And they went at 109-103. Bam had 31-10. and 10. Uh, P.J. Tucker who uh, left game two with an injury, came back, played great, play, scored 17. Jimmy Butler only had eight points in game three. He was uh, He's a game-time decision tonight. Tyler Hero not going to play tonight. 
He's out with an injury. So Boston, gotta, you got to win this game. Again, not a must win, no such thing until you're facing elimination. There's no such thing. But if you want to win this series, it feels like Celtics at home got to win tonight. Get it back to 2-2. Miami has regained home court advantage in this series. Boston is a six-point favorite tonight. I was going to take Miami, but with Hero Hurt uh, and with Jimmy Butler, a game-time decision, look, I know nobody's healthy here. By the way, the spread has gone up to seven since the Tyler Hero news. But P.J. Tucker's banged up. Kyle Lowry's still dealing with that hamstring issue. He did play in game three. He's He was effective. He uh, actually helped the Heat early in the game get that big lead. But he's hobbled. Tucker's hobbled. Jimmy Butler is hobbled if he plays tonight. Hero is out. I just got to take the Celtics tonight. I got to give the seven. Um, You know, I kind of feel like this series is just going to keep going back and forth. Miami drew first blood in the third quarter game one. Celtics rebounded in game two in Miami and hit them early and often and never let up. Miami did the same thing in game three, and now it's the Celtics' turn. That's that's what it feels like. So I'm going to take Boston, give the seven tonight. Um, I think Celtics even this series up. I will take a break, come back, talk a little college football. Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, throw Deion Sanders in the mix here. Uh, They give me easy content. They just give me easy content. And don't think I don't appreciate it because I do. We'll be back. You're listening to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big Act. Welcome back to Spears on Sports presented by Eminem Cartage. John Spears in studio. Final segment of the day. The uh, Eminem Cartage hotline is still open. 502-384-1450 if you'd like to join in on the conversation. 384-1450. Thornton's text line available as well. Get your last minute text into the show at 414-1450. Uh, Indianapolis Colts have officially signed quarterback Nick Foles to back up Matt Ryan. Two-year deal. Reunites him with uh, his former head coach or his former coordinator, Frank Reich, quarterback coach. Uh, Great signing. Why not? You got Matt Ryan. He's set to be your starter. It's an improvement from Carson Wentz next year. In fact, maybe both these guys are an improvement from Carson Wentz. You got a little uh, insurance now if anything would happen God forbid, to Matt Ryan. Good stuff. All right, the Lakers are still looking for a coach. I thought they'd have a coach by the time I got back from vacation. I was wrong. They do not. The uh, They want Doc Rivers. I mean, I don't know if they're going to be able to get Doc Rivers, uh, pry him away from Philadelphia. If I'm, not Doc, if I'm Doc Rivers, the question now is, which nightmare do I want? You got Philly. You're stuck with James Harden. Playoff James Harden has never been good. He was pretty bad most of the playoff run, of the short playoff run this season. You got Joel Embiid, best, maybe the best big man in the in the league. Um, Tyrese Maxey, good young player. There's there are some pieces there, but you have to deal with James Harden. 
you have to deal with ball-dominant James Harden, who has never gotten anyone very far in the playoffs. Or do you want the Laker nightmare, which might be – that one might wake you up in your sleep a lot more than the Philadelphia nightmare. Philadelphia is a bad dream. The Lakers are a nightmare because you're not coaching. LeBron's coaching. LeBron's the GM. He's the coach. Maybe he's only there one more year. How long are you the coach when you're the coach with the Lakers? They don't last long. Ask Derek Fisher. Ask Frank Vogel. You don't last long as the head coach of the Lakers. You just don't. And you're not coaching. What do you do with Russell Westbrook? Nobody, nobody's going to give you any value in a trade. You got to play him. He's making uh, way too much money to sit on the bench. Although Frank Vogel tried to put him on the bench, did put him on the bench at the end of close games. You got Anthony Davis and his injury issues, which are prevalent every year. And you have to deal with LeBron which means you have to get out of his way and do whatever he says and let him coach the team. I'm not sure Doc Rivers is built to let somebody else make the in-game decision. Not sure. Juwan Howard, by the way, at Michigan, turned down an offer to be interviewed by the Lakers. Now, that should tell you a lot right there. That should tell you a lot. Juwan Howard, good young coach, NBA assistant for a long time after his playing career was over, still relatively young, head coach at the University of Michigan, has gotten them back into the major college basketball landscape, right? He's done a great job so far. He's done a great job at Michigan. He's got two sons. One's a terrific athlete. going to be uh, at Michigan before you know it. I think he just thought, why do I want that nightmare? He can, he's like Jim Harbaugh. He's a Michigan guy who can stay there as long as he wants. He can stay there as long as he wants. They love him. The fans love him. The administration loves him. Why would you want to go deal with LeBron and the Lakers? I don't know who the Lakers are going to end up with. Doc Rivers, Darwin, Darwin Ham, um, Quinn Snyder from the Jazz. I don't know why you'd want Quinn Snyder. He's never won anything. I feel like the the guy that gets the Laker job is going to be somebody we've probably not even heard of yet. Probably not even heard of. Uh, but when Jawan Howard said, I'm not even going to take an opportunity to be interviewed here, that tells you all you need to know. It is not a quality job right now. The roster's bad. The salary cap situation is bad, and LeBron runs everything. Who wants that nightmare? All right, the uh, college football world, you know, we're not we're not usually talking college football in late May, but it got interesting last week with the Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, um, little war of words here. And Nick Saban tried to tried to walk it back a little. Shouldn't have mentioned Texas A&M by name. This is all about Nick Saban still wanting to be the king of college football. Name, image, and likeness has made other schools, other institutions, a player in college football. 
That's it. It, ha- it is going to bring parity, more parity, to college football. There's not a lot of parity in college football. At the beginning of the year, you can pick, or at least for the last several years, you've been able to pick probably three of the final four teams before the season started, right? You're always going to have Alabama. You're going to have Georgia a lot. You're going to have Clemson a lot. You're going to have Ohio State a lot. Maybe another Big Ten team like a Wisconsin or Michigan sneaks in once in a while. Cincinnati was an outlier. But for the most part, if you could, if I said you can pick five schools each year, three of those schools are probably going to be in the in the playoff, the fourteen playoff. You're always going to pick Alabama. You're usually going to pick Clemson. You're usually going to pick Ohio State. Maybe you go Georgia, maybe Florida, some years. Um, Baylor, once in a while. Southern Cal, USC. Now with NIL, I think USC is going to be a major player again. The problem Nick Saban has is he doesn't want parity. He claims he wants parity. He claims the NIL is going to hurt parity. The NIL is going to help parity. Texas A&M has the number one recruiting class in the land this year ahead of Alabama. Texas A&M beat Alabama last season. That's going to be a fun game on October 8th in Tuscaloosa. That is going to be an interesting game, and all eyes are going to be on Jimbo and Nick from the time they come out of the tunnel. Do they shake hands? Do they talk to each other? Do they ignore each other? Do they throw down, which would be great. SEC media days, going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. And if you're Commissioner Greg Sankey of the SEC, you are making sure Texas A&M and Alabama are scheduled to appear before the media on the same day. I don't want Texas A&M on a Tuesday and Alabama on a Wednesday where they don't have to cross paths at all. No chance of them crossing paths. Put them back to back. Put them in a steel cage match. I don't care. Put them back to back. Get them on the same day at at SEC Media Days. It makes it much more fun. Much more intriguing to the viewer. Nobody watches. Everybody gets sound bites. Everybody gets video of the coach and uh, maybe a player of local interest. That's it. That's what you do. Everybody's 0-0. Yes, we love our team this year. Yes, I think we're going to compete for a title in the West slash East. Oh, yeah, we don't think last year was an anomaly, or we do think last year was an anomaly. We're going to be a lot better this year. I love the kids we brought in. They're all the same soundbites at Media Days. They're all the same. If you stunk last year, you're going to be much improved. If you were great last year, you're going to keep that train rolling. If you were okay last year, you exceeded expectations, but not not your own, we're going to be even better. We're going to take another step forward. Nobody ever goes to SEC Media Days and goes, well, we had a bad recruiting year. I don't. Uh, I know we only won six last year. We're probably going to go down to four this year. Nobody ever says that. 
it's it's you know coach speak. It's boring. So put put Saban and Jimbo Fisher in on the same day. Put them on the same. Have them going back to back where they cross paths. One of them's leaving the media room. One of them's coming in. But October 8th is already circled on your calendar. Nick Saban wants to be the king, and he doesn't want the apple cart upset. But it's going to be upset because NIL is a different world. You don't have to like it, but it's here. I talk about it as a toothpaste being put back into the tube. You can't do it. You can't do it. I heard a quarterback now is shopping himself around a five-star high school quarterback for $8 million. All right, I'm going to take this call, but he's got to be quick. Somebody tell Ed that the show's almost over. Let's go to the M&M Cardage Hotline. Ed, how are you, buddy? Good. Douglas Scott already told me I got 30 seconds. Okay, don't forget Oklahoma out of the Big 12. Okay. You can almost pencil him here. And no, Greg Stanky is not going to allow Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher on the same day. Don't you want that, though? Not going not gonna to happen. <laughs> I think you're right, by the way. I think you're right. Thank you, buddy. Call back tomorrow, all right? When we can talk. How about longer. them Reds, baby? How about them? Oh, they beat beat, beat the Blue How about Jays. Them Reds? Yeah, they're great. Well, yeah, winning 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 road trip. They're Woo-hoo. oh, they're fantastic. They're probably going to go to the World Series. Thank you, Ed. Appreciate it. Yeah, the SEC is not going to do that. They should. They're not going to. The other part in this was Deion Sanders when Nick Saban said. Jackson State paid a player a million dollars. Dion followed up with a tweet that said, I don't even make a million dollars. How are we going to pay a player a million dollars? I love it. I love it. I loved Dion's response. And Dion's saying, look, I'd love to talk to Nick about this, but we're going to talk about it in public. I'm not going to talk about it to him in private. If he wants to talk to me about this, let's talk in public. That's throwing down the challenge to Nick Saban, and I loved it. Because Nick Saban's not going to talk about this in public with another coach. Not going to do it. He's not going to do it with Dion. He's not going to do it with Jimbo Fisher. Of course, Jimbo Fisher finished his press conference last week, last week by saying he's done with Nick Saban. He's not going to talk to him. He's not going to take his calls. He doesn't want to talk to him. Now, I will say this about Jimbo Fisher. He was passionate about everything he said, but don't say we don't cheat and I don't lie. That will come back to haunt you. You don't have to say it. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, first of all, in college football. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And there are things going on that these head coaches don't want to know about. They wash their hands of it. We don't want to watch the movie Blue Chips, if you've never seen it. Nick Nolte. They don't want to know about it. Yeah, this stuff's going on. Don't tell me. Don't tell me about it. I want to get these players in here. Don't tell me how you do it. Then I have plausible deniability. Nick Curran from the Bats will join me tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Spears on Sports, presented by Eminem Cartage on the Big X.